0: ship station of the ECU Pirates. Hmm.
1: Up and running on a uh, Thursday. Wish it get where a Friday. Patrick Johnson show. Uh, TGIT as uh, we get ready for uh, another game day weekend in Greenville. Pirates and the UCF Golden Knights. They will... Uh, Invade Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, 7.30 kick. Our coverage begins at 4 on Saturday. And uh, we will have our uh, pre-show, then our Pirate game day countdown for Bush Light. And that will begin uh, at 4.30 after Ben leads you into things. And then uh, 6.30 airtime on the network. will carry you through the end of the uh, proceedings. And while we're all hoping for a Pirate win, let's hope it's not in four overtimes. Again on Saturday night. Uh, Ben B baby Byram is producing today's, uh, show. Hey Ben.
2: Hey Ben. That that sound familiar. That's that sunny. It is. Yeah, it is.
1: I I haven't, uh, I haven't, I haven't seen sunny in a couple weeks. So, uh, interesting. All right. And then, uh, we got intern Dom today doing something here, Ben. Is that what he's right here? I saw him earlier. Yeah. Okay. Good for him.
2: Does he follow the NBA? Uh, yeah, he's a Celt- you're a Celtics fan, right? Yeah, big Celtics guy. A lot of Celtics fans around here. Well, so here's what you need to do. We could get Dom
1: in on this, right? Yeah. The picks? Yeah, Dom can do that. Why don't yeah. you show him what's going on? And we're, we're going to do that next segment because I thought because I was going on the Hornet schedule and that TNT was showing the games that they were going to be on uh, the NBA actually started last night. It started Tuesday. Who knew? Who knew? So, we'll get Dom's picks, and we'll—I'll give you my picks. I know Ben has not committed anything to print yet, or—or or where he, there's a record of it.
2: Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm saving. I, I'm a little—I'm
1: a little curious to why you decided not to commit to print like everyone else
2: did. What are you talking about? You—you you say it on air, and I think you you're holding it. out.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, I—I I, I don't. I think you're white, So you'll go first. Of course, you've read everybody else's already, so it's not like there's going to be some,
2: you know what I mean? Oh, well, yeah, what, what am I going to piggyback off somebody else's? It's not like they have the right answer. Are you assuming you do? Well, yeah, of course. If my MLB picks were uh, any indication with the Mets and Mariners, I'm going to have the right answer, obviously. <laughs> Give me the cookie laugh. We got that queued up, the cookie laugh?
1: That's
3: what you need
1: to give. Me. I got it. You, need, you need to send that over. You need to send that
2: over to me. I don't know if that was fake or if that's genuine or it's the word. No, weirdest that's a laugh fake laugh, it. but it
1: sounds like some. It is a little strange. He's a strange character. Um if you missed our coverage yesterday of ECU Basketball Media Day, you could get it on the Patrick Johnson Show podcast page at 943theGame.com. Ben's got it titled uh, Pirate Preseason. Uh, Media Day 2022, just go under the Patrick Johnson show page uh, or tab on our podcast page and you will find it uh, there. You can also get the podcast of our show uh, every single day. Jim Zoki coming up a little bit later on uh, in our next half hour. We'll talk to him. Panthers, Bucks, uh, the Buccaneers of Tampa Bay, three and three this weekend. Will anybody stand up and uh, seize the uh, NFC South and try to win that thing? There could be, you know, the NFC East was uh, hot garbage for a number of years. Now it's like the best and division in
2: football, it seems like.
1: Yeah. But they would they would routinely put a team in, at least it felt routinely, that was like then when they played 16 games, seven and nine. Like yeah. Seven and nine won the division, and in you get playoffs, in. Yeah. I think there was one year somebody was like six, nine, and one. I mean, it was it's pretty lousy. That's where the NFC uh, south could be headed this year. Yeah. That, t- that kind of territory.
2: Taylor, Taylor Heineke's playing the Bucks in the playoffs, and he has just an okay performance, but he had a lot of hearts. So everyone's patting him on the back, like, oh, good for good for the, at the time, the Redskins. Good for them. Even though they didn't want to be there.
1: Ah, I, I see what you, you're hearing back had no, to that. I was yeah. trying to figure out where you were going with that, but now I figured out what, where you were going That's how bad the
2: NFC East line. was. It was just like, yeah, pat him on the back. good. For Taylor them. Heineke yeah. was, yeah. Gotcha.
1: All right, let's uh, start it with some football talk for the Pirates. Let's uh, continue that and keep it rolling here with today's Pirate Report.
0: And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Brought to you by
1: UC Kinetics today. Uh, you can call to uh, get regenerative treatment. You don't have to go under the knife. You don't have to get on any kind of drugs or steroids to... Uh, Cure your joint pain, QC Kinetics 765 PAIN, two five two seven six PAIN in Greenville. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Blake Harrell, the birthday boy today, was asked about John Rice Plumley and what sticks out about one of the Plumley brothers. I think he's the eighth Plumley brother who didn't go into basketball. He went into football and baseball. And uh, baseball.
4: Uh, his athletic ability. You know, he's. He certainly got arm talent um, and just kind of a gamer back there. You know, if, he, if the throw is not open, he can pull it down and take off. And He's one of the fastest. You know, they, they got a lot of speed on the field, and he's one of those guys that can certainly get up and down the field and get up yards in a little, in a little hurry. Um, so you get, you get your hands full with him. You know, he's the reason he even started out at Ole Miss as a quarterback and transition receiver and, and just, you know, as a baseball player, two-sport athlete there, and he's a very good player. And um, we got to keep him. Keep him back there and keep him in the pocket and, and see if we can get to him uh, before he takes off scrambling, before he gets rid of the football back there.
1: All right. How do you contain mo, uh,
4: Plumley's mobility? You know, we, we talked last week about extra effort plays, and uh, I think that's the same same plan to win this week, is extra effort plays, and I thought Chandra, uh Mims is one of those guys that had a few extra effort plays. Hennigan's getting ready to break out of there on the scramble and, and Shondra comes free and, and uh just clips his back back leg there and gets him on the ground. And I think that's gotta be the same mindset approach this week to uh Plumley. Is a hey, you gotta you gotta play all out and all of us gotta freaking be full full tilt, full effort, extra effort just to kinda of find a way to get him on the ground and those running backs and those receivers as well. So um, and we got to do a good job keeping eyes on him as well at the linebacker level and, and uh, spy guys, whoever that may be, and control rushes. So we got to have a plan for that as well.
1: When uh, asked about uh, managing the workload this week after the
4: four-overtime game, this is what Coach Harrell had
1: to say. Yeah, I think we were right at
4: 60 snaps right before uh, the last drive of the game and overtime, we ended up like 70, 79 snaps, so that's about 19 extra there. But uh, you really don't look at like, hey, you know, we gotta take a few snaps off this week, practice wise, you gotta get back to work. You know, all that matters this week is UCF. You know, the four overtime games, we can gain a lot of experiences from that and a lot of confidence from that and do uh, some good things in overtime and, and uh, you can take take that forward. But really it's back to UCF and working just as hard this Tuesday as we did last Tuesday, this hard just as hard this Wednesday as did last Wednesday to go uh, be successful this week and get a big win. Ask him. Uh, and then uh,
1: Coach was asked about how the defense performed in OT.
4: Really happy on the last one. You know, I, I thought, you know, the, the one that's probably, um, you know, you're holding your breath a little bit when, when we didn't convert and uh, they scored, and then they got a chance to go win it right there. And I think Chad made a huge play, um, you know, just – and really we're in a pass call because most two-point plays, you know, you're looking for just quick man beaters or bunch routes and those type of things. And somebody slipped free because all he needs three yards and, and stick it in there to him. So that's what you're playing for down there. And uh, he made a heck of a play and, and got a stop and pushed it to another overtime. And, and you know eventually, like you're going to find a way to execute, and make a play, and our guys did. And it was it was uh, nice to see because we do spend a lot of time on that. And that's uh, you know the red zone, red zone defense. We talked about it several times this year. Two point plays are part of that. Uh, we spend a lot of time, you know, not only. Versus whoever we're going against, UCF this week, but also against ourselves, just because there's some carryover there. So, just really proud of the guys and execution down the stretch there.
1: Well, uh, Coach Blake Harrell, again, his birthday today, says you have to stay focused on UCF and not look at any other teams.
4: Yeah, you don't look. You don't look ahead to the other. You know, I'm gonna call them the Big Twelve teams, but you don't look ahead to those guys. Uh, you just worry about UCF and worry about what's in front of you. Um, I just saw the linebackers on the field, you know, get ready to go win the biggest game in Pirate football history in the American Conference. And I don't know, I'm, you know, Steve, you guys may, may have a different one, but it may be the biggest American Conference win that we've won in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. So, or at least one of them. So, we, we got to focus on UCF, all eyes on them, executing and playing with great effort this Saturday and then we'll worry about those other guys later on. But um, you certainly got a gauntlet coming up, you know, if you, if you look ahead at it and you look like where they're supposed to be and, and where they're going to be at next year. Um, but right now we got to focus on where we are today, where our feet are today, where we're going to be at Saturday night at
1: 7.30. I saw Sam Anderson uh, tweet, and he used to write for the 247 site. Uh, I think Sam's doing real well with that bank down in uh, Wilmington. But um, – it he, he was, he was kind of a clever little tweet that he had tweeted out that, you know, they were in the midst of the Big 12 schedule right now, the Pirates were, with UCF, BYU, Houston, uh, and then uh, Cincinnati coming up as well. So all four of those are going to the Big 12. And uh, the Pirates, uh, certainly you, you could certainly make the argument that the schedule is backloaded. As with how it's played out and how these teams were picked, I uh, picked prior to the season. Uh, I think all th- four have been ranked at one point in the top twenty-five. R- I mean, rightfully so or not, they all have been. So, uh, this is Coach Harrell on dealing with the uh, UCF run attack.
4: They, they got some really good athletes over there. I mean, the the, the tailbacks, John uh, Bowser, uh, he's a starter. Uh, big kid 220 pounds, you know, he'll, he'll get downhill on you. You got to do a great job tackling him. Johnny Richardson um, He's now in zero. You got to know when he's in the game because he can, he can get going in a hurry I mean, he, he's the one who cut the screen pass uh, in the Second half they got him in field goal range there um, And then four out wide, you know, O'Keefe He's a track star and you see that every week he takes off on people whether it's a post ball, whether it's a jet sweep so you got to at all times know where he is, and and they got several other guys back there too that that can be playmakers. O line, uh, the three starters in the middle, the center and the two guards are, are guys we saw last year. So you know, and then two tackles are new guys, transfers. One from Jacksonville State, uh, one from Virginia, and then the other tailback back there is uh the transfer from Virginia. I think he was out last year with an injury, but he's back, and he's kind of a combination of Bowser and and, and Johnny back there as well. So. Uh, really good offense. You know, obviously you don't put up 70 points by, by being a poor offense. You don't average 40-something points a game unless you're, you're doing some things right. You know, and, and they want to run the football. I think that's, um, you know, it's been one of our strengths on the season, stopping the run. And just overall, and I think four of the six games, we, we're right at 100 yards or less in rush defense. I think, you know, if you add the little jet sweep, if you call that a run, they're about 350 a game in rushing. I know in the stats it only looks like about 260. but uh, when I toss in the ball from me to you, I, I'm not sure that's a pass. Uh, I know it goes in the stats as that, but we'll consider that the run game when we break it down defensively.
1: Uh, also, Carson Wizenhunt's birthday today, Ben. Did you know that? Oh, good for him. Coach Harrell. Yeah, co- okay, come <laughs> on, Ben. Jeez. Coach Harrell on UCF trick plays. What do you got against Wizenhunt? Everybody loves the Wiz. Nobody beats the Wiz. What, yeah. what do you have against him?
2: Yeah. No, it, I ain't got nothing against Carson Winson Hunt. I had, to, I had to think for a okay. second because he didn't play last year, so I had to think for a second right, I who understand. that was. Yeah. It's like, he's oh, in yeah, the, he's a baseball in the, player, yeah. Right, he's in the Giants organization. Giants, yeah. I was trying to think where he went to. Yeah, Giants, second round, all right? Good on him. Wish him well.
1: Some, uh, second or third? No, no yeah, I, I hope all, Somewhere so around we're going to try yeah. to get him back on the show. We wanted to get him on after the uh, – draft but he politely declined I'm very polite about his declining but he declined so we'll get him on hopefully
4: uh
1: all right trick plays ucf blake harrow go
4: we call them gadget plays they may call them specials or whatever um you know we're talking about the reverses we're talking about the double passes we're talking about flea flickers those, those are kind of the gadget type plays we're, we're discussing here and when we got done with navy we, we we're working navy every sunday night and once we played Navy. We started working some gadget plays for UCF, knowing that they've got so many in their playbook uh, that they've used over the last couple of years, going all the way back to Auburn, that he could pull out, uh, that we started working those just on Sunday nights to prepare for this game because there's no way possible you can work every single one of them, every single scenario. There's too many of them. So um, we started working those a couple of weeks ago. Our our kids are certainly aware of, you know, the guy, the double pass guy, reverse guy, Johnny Richardson, when he gets out wide, he's coming in jet motion. Uh, he could be a guy if he's in the backfield going to screen pass. you know. So we're certainly alert of all those situations and what could come up. Um, you know, The Wildcat stuff, the, the fire alarm we got down there in the, in the zone last year. So uh, you know, alert of those situations, been practicing those for a couple weeks now. Uh, and our kids, the big thing is you got to be locked in, in the middle of the game because you don't know exactly when it's coming and it's going to come fast. So you got to be alert and, and you got to be aware of, of the situation. All
1: right, uh, time to turn our attention to the offensive side. I tell you what, why don't we do that on the other side here? We'll hear from Coach Donnie Kirkpatrick. Uh, Going to break, let's hit a uh, caller five deal here for our last pair of tickets we're giving away this week. ECU and UCF, pair of ducats to win uh, the tickets. Uh, You got to be caller five at 252-561 game, 252-561 four, two, six, three. And we will have, uh, we will have also for you coming up, uh, a Chico's gift card. If you're caller five, so pair of tickets to the game Saturday night and a gift card from Chico's Mexican restaurant. Ooh, that was a good one on the always anonymous text line. I'll debate whether we uh, read it in the break. Uh, we'll come back and, uh, knock, uh, out some Donnie K sound for you and give our NBA season picks on the other side.
2: Go get yourself some cheap
0: sunglasses. Oh, yeah. Online or on the go, log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com, to listen to The Patrick Johnson Show weekdays at 5. It might
5: be crap, but we love it!
0: <laughs> or tell your smart speaker to stream 943 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. What's happening? I'll show you what's happening. Log on to site 943 thegame.com for PJ show podcasts and the latest news on the Pirates this is happening now back to Patrick Johnson on the flagship station of the ECU pirates 943 the game
1: uh Jason and Vansboro is our winner today of the tickets and the Chico's gift card Vansboro, how about that uh, Jason on the phone with us, yeah. Benjamin. What's up, yeah, Jason? Here. Not how much, right, buddy. How you guys doing? Doing well. Are you coming to or from Vanceboro? Uh, I'm going. I'm heading to Vansboro. You're headed to Vanceboro, Okay.
4: Yeah. You know,
1: there's one highway they've got to fix. It's that one. They've got to figure out a way to to improve that highway between Bern and Greenville. I have to. It's a <laughs> yeah. gotcha situation, yeah. Jason. It's so bad. Yes. Like I, I, I really, I don't drive on it much, but I just dislike driving on it tremendously because it's just such a, a tough roadway. Uh. Wah. All right. So two tickets to the game. Oh, shut up, Ben. Two tickets to the game. Yeah, Ben. If you ever left like Pitt County, you might actually experience some things in life. Try that.
2: Oh, there's areas outside you know, of Pitt County. You, I, th- I thought that was the world. Yeah. There are areas
1: out. There's areas outside of 264 <laughs> between Farmville and here, Ben. Um, what do you got? Uh, any Anything you'd like to say, Jason, since the floor is yours here? We like to, when people call in, I, uh, I like to give yeah. them a, a little chance to do yeah, really, something. So Just to uh, enjoy
5: the show. Nothing, uh, nothing in particular.
2: Okay. All right. You think right. this guy's well, an uh, NBA fan?
1: I don't know. I, I'm I don't know. I, I I can't say. Jason, do you like the NBA? Yeah or no? There's no wrong answer here.
2: Well there no, is No. not at
0: all.
1: Uh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I
2: figured I could have picked true. up on that. I was gonna say he thinks can win the title, but We'll get to that in a minute.
1: I'm not a fan, but I know enough to tell you what's going on. Uh Jason, thanks a bunch. Hopefully we'll see you out there on uh Saturday. Uh and uh look forward to to the game on Saturday night. Thanks all right, for thank- calling and the congratulations. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you. All right, take care. Be safe out there. Uh, I've, I've thought about this and I, I'm going to do it. The always anonymous text line. I don't know. (laughs) You would do it. I don't know if I could do it. I wanted to do
2: it. I wanted to do it, but I had to stop myself and gave a weird response about that guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's not, let's not. I mean, you can't on one hand say we want to have somebody on and then, you know, make a which is a funny joke, but you can't, you can't make the joke if you, you know, I I will aspire, I aspire to the day we can maybe do that, but we're not going to do it. Right all right. Yet. All right. It's funny. It's funny. And it, considering who, it's, who it came from in the always anonymous text line, it's really
2: funny. But we won't it, do. it. Is this about uh, well, shooting buckets in the NBA or, or shooting something else? What are you talking no, about?
1: No, no, it? no. It's a, it's about it's about shooting, all right. But not <laughs> buckets. Okay,
2: all right. Not buckets.
1: Not shooting hoops. <laughs> That's, let's just leave it at that, Ben. Let's just leave it at that.
2: Do <laughs> you think Barry Bonds uh, or Mark McGuire should be in the uh, Hall yeah. of Fame?
1: It? <laughs> yeah, it could be in that realm. <sighs> all right, moving on. Uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick. Gave his assessment of uh, last week's four overtime thrilling win. I swear well, you you're always
5: happy when you succeed, and so uh, after the game, yeah, well, I'd say we were all pretty happy about that too. But I thought we, I thought we played well, really, you know. Period. You know, it was a low possession game again. I don't know how we, you know, keep getting stuck with that low possession game. We had the ball. Officially nine times, but one of them was with 19 seconds to go in the half, so that's not much of a possession. So we had eight possessions, scored four times, you know, in the regular part of the game. The, the thing that bothered me was we, you know, had a, on the two yard line and we didn't score and we went for it on fourth down, which I thought that was the right decision to go for it. We didn't think we were going to win kicking field goals that night. Uh, we, you know, we were really thinking it was going to be a little bit more of a scoring game. So, but yeah, the, the thing I guess that we were probably as coaching staff, we were so excited about was. You know, we'd, we'd struggled a little bit with the close games. We had lost two games that we feel like, you know, you, know, you always feel like, oh, we should have won. But that's not always true. You know, I don't feel like we should have won the two-lane game. I mean, they whipped us that day, I thought, you know. Uh, but there were two other games we thought we had the game won, and they were close. And you, you don't want to be that team that can't win those close games because, you know, that's, that's what you're going to face right now. So, to win a close game and see the kids respond and play well with pressures on like that, that's pleasing. That's really pleasing. Donnie K says he thinks uh, the team's
1: confident now because of the close win last week. Is that what that says?
2: Yeah, that's what it says. Well, that's they're what I, That's what I'm interpreting as saying. Yeah, you got to, like, pull up. That's my interpretation. Yeah, it's like studying a foreign language here. Well, they're, yeah, they're I need uh,
1: Rosetta Stone to, to make out some of these on the list sometime. <laughs>
5: Well, they're a confident bunch, you know. During the week, anyhow, you know, what I'm saying Uh, the kids always think they're they're pretty good, and and we want them to think that way. So uh, I think winning a close game, the next time you get in that situation, though, you you do kind of go back to feeling good about okay, we've been here before. Uh, You know, I think the hard work, we practice hard, coach drives them hard. I think that that should give them confidence. You know, that they they've done, they've earned, you know, the right to go out there and win the game. So uh, we we have a Really good opponent this week. I mean, I know that sounds like coachy speak and all that stuff, but we re- we're playing a really good football team this week. So we- we'll have to have our confidence because they are a very confident group. So we'll we'll have a standoff right there. Uh, but I-, I think we're going into it feeling like yeah, we can win. I think we feel like we can win every game, and, and we could have won every game. I think we've had one game we went out there and got whipped. You know, I think the other games we all felt like we had a chance to win them. So uh, we're gonna find this out this week because it's a good team right here in all phases.
1: Yep, uh, we'll get a little more on uh, the UCF defense from uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick uh, perhaps tomorrow, certainly on the pregame. But uh,
5: Coach talked about the uh, improvement of the pass protection for the Pirates. The pass protection has been the most improved thing we've done offensively, probably. Uh, There's some other things, I guess, but that really has stood out in my mind. We've done a better job. Holton has a lot to do with that because he is – able to put us in different protections. He's able to change protections. He he can read almost every blitz. And I think people know that. I think they think, well, he's gonna be hard to fool, you know, and, and, and if you don't when you blitz, if you don't fool the offense a little bit, then you're very vulnerable. And and so I think we he's he's heard him, he's scared him a little bit from that. So Central Florida's not a huge blitz team either until they get down into the red zone. And they're really good at it down there, though. So you always have to be prepared that they might just say, well, we're so darn good at it down here. Why do we keep waiting? Why don't we just start doing it up here? So we'll we'll be ready for it. You ready to do an
2: update? What? what, what? Oh, I was what? just saying, I think the Pirates have a real shot to beat UCF. You know, I hope they really stick it in the end zone. Stick it. I'm going to be pretty juiced. I mean, amped for this game. Stop it. You're and jug really this nice into now. my veins, you know, parts are going to win it all. <laughs> oh,
1: gosh. Uh, why don't you give an update and then we'll get Jim Zoki on. How's that sound? Oh, we didn't do our NBA stuff. We're, we keep putting it off. Tell Dom to go, in the, uh, to go over here and, and talk into this mic across from me. Give me, um, well, I don't even know where mine are. He's rushing in. He's rushing in there. What does that have to do? What does Russia and the Ukraine have to do with any of this?
2: Oh, no. Was oh, just, Russian. I was, yeah, I Russian. was just saying, Dom's, He's Dom's Russian. Dom's organization. Yes. Oh, that, I understand. <laughs> that, I understand. I wasn't even doing that anymore.
1: Um, Let me ask you. All right, so give us your picks. All right, so we're doing who wins the East, who wins the West, your NBA champ, MVP, Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year. Go,
2: Ben, quick. Well, you know, I was thinking Warriors because of their shooting. But uh, I think the uh, the the Clippers are going to thread the the needle and uh, pull it off and uh, win the championship. (laughs) Stop it! All right, in the East, I think the Boston Celtics are definitely going to get it done. Celtics, uh, just the East, um, has gotten a a lot better as opposed to the past, but I still think it's weaker compared to the West. Uh, for MVP, I'm going to go with Jason Tatum. I think I I got a big year for Mm. big year in store for the Celtics here. I believe in the Celtics. Okay. And I think uh, whoever's filling in at head coach for them, instead of that Eme Adoka guy, is going to be the uh, coach of the year, just because it's a good story. And if they uh, if they if they get the number two and number one seed in the East, I could see them giving it to him just because of the story alone. And then for that. rookie of the year, I'm going to go with uh, it's you know it's not a sexy pick, it's not um, it's not very fun whatsoever, but it's got to be Bancaro. Bancaro is different. Yeah. Um, he's special. Looks like a number one overall pick. Uh, a generational talent, it looks like. I'm going to Bancaro for sure.
1: All right. I'm going Clippers in the West, Bucks in the East, Luca, the MVP, Paulo Bancaro, the rookie, Tyron Lou the coach of the year, and the Clippers are the champs, and that's Lou gets honored. All right. Uh, Pilkington goes Warriors to win the West, Bucks to win the East, Warriors in the finals, uh, Greek Freak, the MVP, Jaden Ivey, the rookie of the year, and Jason Kidd. Coach of the year. Uh, Cookie goes Celtics to win it
2: all. Oh my! I'm not is this what? Is this true? Yeah, this is real. He, he came up with this earlier today. He has the
1: Warriors winning the West and the Heat winning the East, but the Celtics winning the championship. Does he not understand <laughs> that that cannot happen? Luca the MVP, Jalen, uh, <laughs> Jalen during the. Rookie, and Joe uh, Mazzulla is the coach of the year. All right, really quick. He picked, uh,
2: picked Jalen Duren because he said he saw him play with Memphis in Minji's Coliseum and yeah. went to that game. So, you know, yeah. that's the name he recognized. Right. Celtics
1: to win it all, but the Heat are going to win the East. All right, Dom, bring right. this home quickly, please. All right, I
2: got you quickly. I have the Celtics winning it all. Uh, I know that's a little bit biased. I am a Celtics fan. I also have the Suns in the finals. I have Mm. the Coach of the Year, Monty Williams, the Suns' head coach. I think they're a great regular season team. And I have Jaden Ivey on the backcourt with Detroit as the Rookie of the Year and Luka Doncic
0: as the MVP. Okay.
2: Those are good picks. Those are good picks. picks. Solid picks.
1: Better than cookies picks. (laughs) He he, The team who he picked to win it all, he doesn't even have winning the conference, so (laughs) they can't get there. Play the laugh one I mean, that's just (laughs) –
5: that's. I love that laugh. That is horrendous.
1: That is awful, Joe. You're right. Okay, Ben B. Baby Byram ahead of Jim Zoki here with a ninety-four-three. The Game Sports Update.
2: Thanks, Patrick. ECU football head coach Mike Houston, the coordinator, speaking to the media last night. ECU defensive coordinator Blake Harrell understands they'll have a tough task at hand facing one of the top Russian offenses in the country in UCF. head coach Mike Houston talked about facing UCF, specifically their defense.
5: I uh, see a bunch of plays together really, really well. I mean, obviously, you know, all three levels, they are very athletic, run very, very well. Um, you know, got a lot of guys uh, back from last year but they just play really well together going back
2: to Blake Harrell he talked about playing against one of the top Russian attacks in the off or in the country
4: and the UCF offense you know we, we talked last week about extra rapid plays and uh, I think that's the same same plan to win this week. His extra effort plays, and I thought Chandre uh, Mims was one of those guys that had a few extra effort plays. Hennigan's getting ready to break out of there on the scramble, and Chandre comes free and and uh, just clips his back back leg there and gets him on the ground. And I think that's got to be the same mindset approach this week to uh, Plumber Is that you got to you got to play all out, and all of us got to freaking be full full tilt, full effort, extra effort, just to kind of find a way to get him on the ground and those running backs and those receivers as well. So.
2: Pirates back in action this Saturday at dowdy Ficklin Stadium against the Knights. The theme is Painted Black, so be sure to show up in your best black Pirate gear. Kiko, for that matchup is scheduled for 7.30. We'll bring you live pregame coverage beginning at 4 for our Bushlight Pirate Game Day countdown with Patrick Johnson and ECU football legend Terrence Copper. Be sure to stop by and say hello as the gang will be anchored just outside Town Bank Tower by the pirate. Pirate Club Gates. The Minnesota Vikings have signed EC football alum and TikTok star wide receiver Blake Pole to the practice squad. EC basketball holding their annual media day yesterday. New head coach Mike Schwartz had some interesting comments when asked about what he would define as a successful year and year one of his tenure.
4: Us establishing a true identity of who our program
2: is. Pirates tip off the season at Minji's Coliseum November eighth at seven o'clock against Mercer. One of the team's injured quarterbacks is returning to Panthers practice. Sam Darnold took the field for the first time yesterday since suffering a high ankle sprain during the preseason. Interim head coach Steve Wilkes has already named P.J. Walker the starter for Carolina's home game against the Buccaneers this Sunday. The Hornets are celebrating a dominant performance in their 129-102 season-opening win against the Spurs in San Antonio. Terry Rozier led the team with 24 points, while Nick Richards logged a double-double on 19 points and 10 rebounds. The team had 68-47 to first-half lead, which broke a franchise record for most points scored at the break, and a season opener. Charlotte will look to keep the momentum going tomorrow when they play the Pelicans in their home opener. A fresh sheet of ice is ready for the Hurricanes tonight when they take on the Oilers in Edmonton. Team improved to a perfect 3 0 on the season after their win against the Kraken earlier in the week. That's going to do it for your 94th through the game sports update. This ninety-four through the game sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting Pirate student athletes. For more information on how to donate, go to teamboneyard.org. On the other side of this quick timeout, Panthers Radio Network's Jim Zoki with the P Man right here on The Patrick Johnson Show.
0: We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. We are very
5: anxious
0: to know how far the broadcast is reaching. 94 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com
1: Panthers this weekend uh, back in Charlotte against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and uh, we'll uh, we'll be bringing you coverage of the Panthers on our sister station, 1037 WTIB. Finally, a game that doesn't start at 4 o'clock. It'll be like if ECU ever plays a game that's not at night. I won't know what to do with myself. Uh, the Bucks Panthers, a 1 o'clock deal. Uh, and you can hear it on 1037 WTIB with coverage beginning at noon. Jim Zoki will be on the uh, coverage, Panthers Radio Network. How's it going, Zoke?
3: I'm a big fan of one o'clock myself, Patrick. No. You know, the older you get, you like having a schedule that you can rely upon. This past couple of weeks has thrown me off, and then trip back from LA. I'm just now getting over the the jet lag of LA.
1: Did wh- what kind of arena is that, or stadium is that out there in Los Angeles? Get take us, take us, the listener, the radio sh- <laughs> schlep's into what that uh, building is like.
3: You guys are not radio schles, you guys are radio royalty uh, it's um it's as you would imagine because it's just uh, it's so opulent and expensive and that has got this the first thing is because we're higher up where the broadcast position is is this uh, wrap around for lack of a better term for it just video board that is just amazing I and mean, it's just uh I think they said like a two billion dollar video screen, of course, is many, many screens, not just eight, like one screen.
1: Right, yeah. And that yeah. Uh, is
3: above and above and uh, below, and wherever you're sitting, you can see uh, in every direction there. And as you walk, it's kind of a combination of being indoor-outdoor, that as you walk around some of the concourse areas, it's not enclosed on the outside, so you're looking out on one side, and there could be this kind of tropical forest-looking patio they built, and then you turn to the inside, and there's an open-air bar out overlooking the the stadium and their concourse areas there. And the, both ends of the stadium are open air. So it's got a, a top, but it's not like a dome per se. And, right. Uh, I didn't get to see like with the NFL network part of all that was, I mean, that wasn't part of our walking around the stadium and all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of built into the ground. So it's not real high up. So a good portion oh. of the stadium is that, you know, is an excavated down under, as opposed to being up above the ground. That's interesting.
1: Uh, Jim Zoki with us uh, back at bank of America stadium this week for the uh, Panthers. It looked like you all were kind of at the ten in your booth.
3: Am I right about that? We were at the negative ten. We were yeah, we were beyond the end zone, to be with you. But it's not a bad. View. <laughs> it's not a bad view though, because if you're honest, if you're high enough up, it's okay. It gets a little difficult okay. to see, like in the red zone or the other direction. The one that's bad is Washington because you're in the beyond the playing area in Miami. Same way, you're, you're beyond the playing area, but you're not really high enough where you can get a good view. So you really have to rely. On the monitors. So again, I mean you do have T V monitors, you've got the big video. Yeah, board, oh no, so no. I get it. You can it. see yeah. well enough to call the game. You're just not at the fifty yard line, that's all.
1: I just wanted to tell you I called a game from the twenty the other week and it was miserable because I couldn't see one into the field. That's all I just I just wanted to roll that out there. That's really the only reason I brought it up. You just uh, wanted to get your gripe out of the way.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well
1: yeah, I did. I wanted to yes, I wanted to gripe I wanted to grind my gears a little bit. We have a segment, Hold My you, Beer, uh, uh, where you get to gripe okay. about something. Should we do Hold My Beer with Zoki? Zoki, are you down for Hold Did My you, Beer? Would you? Do you have something to gripe
3: about? I can, I can oh, I thought Every day I've got something to gripe about. All right, Ben, listen. cue I up Hold My Beer. We're going to do Hold My line, Beer just, right
1: now with Jim Zoki. We're going to do a Hold My Beer with Jim Zoki. This is better than talking about uh, uh, what's going on in Carolina and, and uh, Tom Brady, who might be finally put out to pasture here, it, it would appear possibly. All right, Ben, let me know when we have Hold My Beer. And then we'll do a Hold My Beer with Jim Zoki. I think this is fabulous. While Ben is getting that ready, Zoke, uh, let's talk a little bit about the game. Preview it here for us. Uh, obviously, P.J. Walker going to start, which I'm, I'm a tad shocked. I'm not uh, totally uh, – not from the personnel standpoint. It's just he looked like he took a pretty wicked shot in Los Angeles. So uh, P.J. Walker's back. And look – there's no there's no party like a pj walker tom brady party when you have those quarterbacks playing one another
3: you've got a guy that'll be making his first time in his career back-to-back nfl starts versus the goat uh tom brady who's uh, won what uh how many super bowl seven i was track and so um seven, yeah. they um yeah they're really they're really good historically and of course you know their numbers are down <laughs> as far as the amount of touchdowns but you look at what brady's done this year eight touchdowns against one interception still a strong yeah. ratio A lot of people make it a lot about the quarterback sacks and him chewing out the offensive line. But if you really dig at the numbers, I mean, they're actually third in the league in the fewest sacks allowed on offense. So their problem is actually that they're not running the ball very well. They're dead last, 67 yards per game. But they were this way when they won the Super Bowl two years ago. Their defense is really good. I mean, they don't allow a ton of points or a lot of yards. They get after it. I think they're third in the league in quarterback sacks. So their defense keeps them in a a lot of games. And, uh, again, they're 3-3, and so... They're not what they used to be. Uh they're kinda of like the Rams in a lot of ways, but they're not so Super Bowl looking, but uh, still obviously a very good team right now.
1: All right. So uh Robbie Anderson gets traded. Apparently this was in the works. This wasn't you know, it just I think it's coincidental that this happened what happened Sunday where Steve Wilkes kicked him off the sideline to the locker room and then the next day he's dealt to the Cardinals. But this had probably been in the works obviously for a little bit and what what happened in L.A. may have uh, you put a little more urgency to to definitely get something done, but the, the, one did not lead to the other necessarily, did it?
3: No, it wasn't like it, it all began and, and culminated with right. what happened out there in L.A. There were some, as you said, building blocks of uh, discontent that were going on, and you know, here's the other thing: you know, they gave him that two year contract extension. He was expensive. He was not producing. I know he was frustrated. Uh, but also, you know, last year I think he was right up there, if not leading the leagues and, and dropped passes last year. Uh, so he's not been as good since 2020, for whatever reason, whatever combination of forces aligned to make that happen. And so now he's in Arizona, he's happy. I think, you know, for them, the fact they got two draft picks of any kind for a guy that yeah. you know, the league knew that you are trying to get rid of is is a pretty good situation. So They got a little bit of a draft uh, capital back. And he gets to have another start. We'll see if he plays tonight in this uh, Thursday night game against the Saints for yeah. Arizona or not. Yeah,
0: uh, but they've you
3: know, they got, they got young guys. they got Terrace Marshall to look at. They brought in Richard Higgins. They've got Shai Smith. They uh, have LaVisca Chenault is back after missing two weeks. had that long touchdown in the win against the Saints. So, Panthers production-wise, uh, really, uh, it gives a great opportunity some other guys to get on the field that are, are just as productive, uh, if not more. What
1: do you uh, – everybody's got a Twitter account now. Every A-hole with a Twitter account there, the I said it uh, is is talking about some Christian McCaffrey uh, stuff right now, and I mean, look, it's something I, appears to be like it will happen at some point. If you're the panthers, you're t- what what realistically do you feel like, Jim, that the uh, team can get you know for McCaffrey, and I guess it depends on who's asking and, and who wants to do the deal, but w- what would be the best haul for the panthers should they, should they trade Christian McCaffrey?
3: You know, I think realistically and objectively, who would be a suitor? It would be somebody that wants a final piece uh, to to win a championship that they're they're lacking at at running back, perhaps. You know, it seems like Buffalo and some others have been mentioned as as possibilities, just as examples. So that being the case, your best case scenario is that uh, you might get a first round pick, and it says Opel sets a lot because they don't really draft running backs in the first round. But if you're a team like that. You know that means it's going to be a pick that's going to be in the upper twenties to maybe the early thirties, almost a second round pick, and that would be worth it if that was kind of thing that would put you in contention to to win a championship this year. Because what you're taking on really is his contract, and what yeah. the Panthers really are gaining is is is, is really salary cap relief. And you, know, you saw the story with Robbie Anderson; they got you know two years of you know twenty million dollars total of debt money uh, coming up right. on Robbie Anderson's contract. So I mean, they need cap relief, and I think in the best best case scenario, I don't know they would get it. It'd be a late first round pick uh, from a contender. If not, uh, your, your next thing obviously would be a second round pick. But this talk about—I think somebody said to take multiple first round picks. You're not getting multiple first round picks
5: uh, uh, for
3: a running back. Uh, it, you know, even uh, if the great Walter Payton were alive and, and at the top <laughs> of his game, you just can't get that kind of uh, trade for a running
2: back. Jim, Ben here. Um... Steve Wilkes had his uh, first game as head coach. Um, What were some minor things that you maybe noticed or some major things you noticed in terms of his coaching style that were vastly different compared to Matt Rule? And uh, when you look at the offensive play calling in that game, I don't know if that comes down to Ben McAdoo, if that comes down to P.J. Walker, maybe not necessarily being ready to be thrown in that spotlight or maybe just Steve Wilkes trying to get acclimated to the head coaching position. Uh, what exactly was going on with the offense where it was very conservative, not a lot of throws downfield? It seems like we are force feeding McCaffrey. Do you attribute that just to the fact that, you know, short turnaround, Steve Wilkes is that head coach? He's got a week to get ready here. And uh, PJ Walker may be not necessarily ready to be a starter right now.
3: Well, I think um, as far as that part goes, you know, John Fox used to say famously among his many sayings, you know, more games are lost that are one in the NFL, and I think they were trying to do that. They weren't trying to get turnovers and do things to shoot themselves in the foot. And I think, you know, in, in a way it made a lot of sense, you know, get the ball to Christian McCaffrey, whether it be on a handoff or a short pass. And I think for the first two series of work, he racked up 88 yards in the first two series, and then the Rams go, okay, that's what they're going to do today. But the Panthers never came off of that. So a lot of that is, is play calling. I think there was only one downfield passing, and even that to me was a moderate out pattern. Uh, by pj now pj last year when they went to arizona he's got a live arm and he can run around back Mm -hmm. there so i think there are things he can do the concern is you know will he be too loose with the football and throw into double coverage and things like that so i would anticipate since he's a starter as we know this week again they're gonna have they're going to have to open it up it's a good defense again this week so that's not going to work obviously they looked at all the tape from last week that's what you basically have to look at right now so it came down to me conservative play calling and they kind of forecasted that going in last week with the way they were talking, that one man doesn't have to win the game. He's one of 11. So I think they were looking at a team effort of trying to maybe take some small plays and hoping it would break for a big play, like the classical of against the Saints play from a couple weeks ago. Um, but as far as Steve that, Wilkes, you know, things like handling the Robbie Anderson situation. Here he is in game, first game as the head coach of the team, and he's got to put a player off the sidelines into the locker room into timeout. I thought he handled that well. I like the way I like his attitude of kind of his no nonsense approach and no one player is bigger than the rest of the team. And obviously, he comes from the defensive side of the game, so that's going to be his strength with Ben McAdoo calling the offensive plays. But uh, I do like his like next. To, I mean, there's no wasted word, no wasted time. People ask him questions. He wants to take the time to answer them if they don't fit anything. that Has to do with the getting ready for Tampa Bay this week.
2: Jim, obviously you're familiar with Steve Wilkes, a guy that's been around the organization and you know has been in the organization as defensive coordinator, among other many position group head coaching type deals. Um, what exactly is Steve Wilkes' brand of football as a head coach? Because I think that game against the Rams, I can't I can't say you can necessarily judge him on that. And even some people might say that Cardinals year, where he was head coach of the Cardinals, you know, there was a lot of external factors that were kind of beyond his control that he also had to deal with when he was with the Cardinals. So what exactly is the brand of football that Steve Wilkes is trying to establish here in Carolina while he's still head coach for the rest of the year?
3: Well, I think the first thing is they can't come off a lot of what they are that he inherited in that you you can't just now flip a switch and, you know, now we're going to go from a 4-3 to a 3-4. We're just, you know, we're going to go from a run team to a pass team. So, I mean, they've got to be what they've been practicing all year. And so it's just a matter of tweaking and putting little, little minor things in each week that uh, that kind of maybe are more what he thinks it should be. And you saw it with him making the change on the coaching staff with elevating Al, Hol- Al Holcomb, who was his defensive coordinator with the Cardinals. Uh, he was on staff here, obviously, replacing Phil Snow as defensive coordinator. So I, I think there's going to be, you know, just again, some minor things they'll do, but to, you can't just reinvent the, the wheel here midway through the season without having a whole new training camp, which there, there's no time for any of that. So... I don't think you'll see a tremendous amount of change. I think what he's trying to do, again, is just minimize risk on offense, as we saw last week. But now they know you know, that, that's that got to be balanced to some degree with taking a few shots downfield at least. But I, I think he's going to be conservative on offense. And then defensively, he does have a reputation as a D coordinator, uh, being a guy who, who would like to be able to go after the quarterback and, and dial up different kind of blitzes and not just be the four-man rush and be predictable. So I would expect there could be aggressive on defense and be more aggressive. I think anything would be more aggressive than what they did on offense last week.
1: All right. uh, Ben, do we have time for Hold My Beer? Let's do it real quick here. Let's let Zoke, we'll we'll pass along something that might be a minor irritant. It is uh, now time for Hold My Beer.
0: Do you have something you need to get off your chest? Get off your chest. I am not here for rage. I'm here for revenge. Did your favorite team blow another game? They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Or is there just something that's driving you crazy? I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to let it all out. You have made me very angry. Very angry indeed. With another edition of Hold My Beer. Hold my beer.
1: I'm going to say late starts, be it in the NFL or these night, I, I'm, I'm over the night game. I'm old. I get up early. Let's play a nooner. That's all. That's my gripe. Let's just, let's work a nooner in. If I, I, I'm talking to you, ESPN, let's work a nooner in, in this college football rotation. Please. I agree. Um, Zoke, since you're the guest here. What, what, what oh, would be nice. your uh, well,
3: first, yeah. first of all? Amazing production, amazing production quality and value that uh, the segment brings with the old my Fear theme really being reinforced there. I would say, to me, we kind of touched upon it a little bit. Is uh, you said everybody's got a Twitter account and you said a bad word, but I think it's um, no, no, it's I did not. I said I abbreviated a bad word. <laughs> I knew you would react if I said it in that way, though. But here's the thing: it's, it's Twitter accountability. Like, everyone's going to throw out their sources. Tell me, sources say this is going to happen. And then if it happens to happen, then you happen to be right. And if you happen to be wrong, we'll never hear you ever follow up and say you were wrong. So to me, everyone's got a hot take. Everyone's going to just jump on. Everyone will take everyone else's reporting and claim it as their own and say, see, I told you so. So that's the thing to me is just as you see all these trade rumors, and we're seeing them with a lot of different teams right now in the NFL. Yeah. And by the way, you still got 10 more days before you have to make a trade. You've got till the end of the month. Um, Just that accountability of just like, you know, just take all this stuff with a grain of salt. And just to say this, I'm I'm, I'm McCaffrey, they're definitely getting phone calls. There's definitely interest by a number of teams in getting them, but it takes two to tango. If you don't give a good trade in return, it's not going to happen. So it's not, they're not going to just give him away. Uh, So if it were to happen, it's got to be for what they they value uh, in terms of draft picks or a player compensation combination in return to get him back, not to just the fact they're just going to move him or somebody can just pick up the phone and call and get Christian McCaffrey. All
1: right, Ben. Ben's usually his hold my beer centers around the Carolina Panthers. So let's see if Ben stays on brand or if he goes a little different here.
2: Ah, uh, You know me so well, Patrick. You know me so well. It's kind of piggybacking off of what Jim Zocchi said there a little bit, but more so to get very specific. Whenever there's some Cam Newton rumors being brought up, <laughs> uh, I, it seems like it comes around every couple of weeks when we have a bad game. And then uh, people buy into it so much and believe that Cam Newton is going to be the savior of this franchise. And the funny thing is, we've tried that experiment already, and we saw how that went down. So I'm, I'm tired of the Cam Newton rumors of Carolina. It's done. Let it go. That era of Carolina football is over. It was great. You know
1: what we all sound like? We all sound like guys that are in mid-October. And the season's a little bit of a grind, so we're we're media dorks griping about start times, and uh, griping about other members of the media and and all that. That's what it sounds like. That's all the. This was a self indulgent. Hold, hold my beer for the collective. I think. Zoke, you have a final word. Go I, ahead.
3: <laughs> no, I, I agree. It, I think Ben made a good point. It's like nobody yeah. else is bringing Cam Newton in either, so it's kind of like I feel like if, he, well, if it was going to happen, he would have been in somebody's camp at least, or. Uh, getting a tryout or a workout and there's been been none of that going on but uh yeah classic you know everybody wants to be the first to have it but uh you know just makes you the first one to be wrong i'd rather somebody be right and be patient than just jump in with just throwing out stuff out there hoping to be correct
1: jim zoki again i can't say it'll happen next week it may happen down the road probably but we will have another edition of hold my beer with zoke i think this is I think we ought to do that. Don't you, Ben? I think this is the way I think to draft
2: go. night might be the perfect time. That's way draft down the road. But yeah. Draft be. night. Cause you know, I always we have do it fun. with uh, actual beers. Oh, can we do it with actual. Yeah. Beers
1: yeah. yeah Why? Well, I mean, everybody is uh, a grown adult man here. So yeah. Well,
3: you know, we can do that. Ben only age. looks and like I a child. Ben's so. over 21. Aren't you Ben?
1: Yeah. No, Ben's old. Ben's an old soul. So he's, he's good. He's, okay. he's of age. Yeah. If okay. we, if we have the interns when we do it, uh, we, we say, hold my, uh, soda. So, there you go there you again know. it's, just, it's yeah. all about
3: moderation you
1: know just, just one well yeah
3: exactly exactly
1: uh, the great Jim Zoki you'll catch him on talk 1037 WTIB noon when uh, Tom terrific and the Buccaneers come into uh, Carolina one o'clock kick on Sunday Jim thanks a lot it's always great to talk to you
3: always a pleasure
1: thank you guys yep there he goes Jim Zoki Thanks to Zoke for coming on today. Nice work by intern Dom. Thanks to uh, Ben. Always a great job producing. We'll be back tomorrow with Doug Martin, a football Friday. And we'll also have uh, tomorrow, uh, we'll have Adler Augustine, the ECU volleyball coach. Pirates have a big home match tomorrow against Memphis, a team they – right behind them in the standings so to try to uh, work their way up. They'll need to uh, get a victory against Memphis at home tomorrow at 6. I'll be on the call for ESPN Plus, so I might duck out a little early, Ben. You might have to get us home tomorrow. Uh, All right, so we'll do that and look forward to uh, catching up with everybody tomorrow on the Friday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. You have a great rest of your evening.